Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. It was the worst day in Avengers history. A trusted ally lost control of their powers and the result was pain, injury, and death for Earth's mightiest heroes. This tragedy led to physical and emotional scars that it took the team a decade to recover from. It also led to a rebirth that saw the new Avengers become a top-selling hit. This is Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are looking back at Avengers Disassembled, written by Brian Michael Bendis with artwork by David Finch, inks by Danny Mickey, and colors by Frank DeMarta. Now, this was a big event that was coming, and it was mainly because the idea came up that, hey, how do we revamp the Avengers? Because what happens from 98 to 2003, epic run with Kurt Busiek, where he had George Perez on there, uh, Alan Davis, Kieran Dwyer. Not the best-selling book for Marvel, but a top seller. Then he finished up his storyline, and Jeff Johns came onto the book. And again, Jeff Johns at the time was one of the big writers in comics, his, the book sold well, and, you know, it set up like an interesting collective group. But DC came a-calling with an exclusive contract. Jeff Johns went packing. So he cut his Avengers run short, took some of his ideas, put them on the shelf, and did a nice little send-off of having the Jack of Hearts pretty much sacrifice himself to save Ant-Man's daughter, kind of wrapping up this frenemy storyline that Jack of Hearts and Ant-Man had throughout Jeff Johns' entire run. In the meantime, they threw Chuck Austin on the book, and I've talked about Chuck Austin before and how he is just a terrible writer. Just, just so very bad. Like, he is objectively bad. Austin's run on the book had some really controversial moments, like Hawkeye telling Cap he'd probably have better luck getting a girlfriend if he was willing to hit women in combat. Just a bunch of gems like that. <laughs> stellar, stellar. But the key element that we have to bring up from Austin's run is he wrote a story where Hawkeye and the Wasp hooked up. And afterwards, Hawkeye, for the remainder of the issues, acted like a bad boyfriend, treating her like crap in front of the other Avengers and ignoring her. It is the only relevant piece of Austin's run it was carried on into the next story. And the next story was Avengers Disassembled. Did you ever hear about how New Avengers came about, Petula? No. Yeah, so basically, they wanted to figure out how do we bring up the sales of New Avengers. And I'm not sure who said it. Mark Miller says it was him. But at a writer's summit, Mark Miller was like, why aren't we treating the Avengers like the Justice League? Why aren't Spider-Man and Wolverine on the Avengers? They're like our biggest characters. And editorial went, yeah, it's not a bad idea. And so they basically put it out there for the writers to come up with pitches for the Avengers that weekend. And Bendis was the one who got back first with the idea of how to incorporate Wolverine and Spider-Man. And he picked uh, a number of other characters that would be on this new Avengers team. And they liked it. And they said, yeah, you got the gold star. You're going to do it. But before you can do new Avengers, you have to end Avengers. And that's where Avengers Disassembled came into being. Now, 
I'm a big Avengers fan. You know that, Patua. Mm-hmm. Now you yourself, I'm guessing probably after coming on to Blumbath, this is the most Avengers stuff you've had to read on a regular basis because of my love for Avengers. I mean, here's the thing. I like some of them. Yeah. But I, yeah, I was definitely more of like an X-Man yeah. gal, specifically Rogue. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. I, I know. Yeah, you're a, you've always been Marvel, but mainly because yeah. of the, the mutants, the X-Men have been your your team. Totally. Yeah, I get it. When this book came out, though, for me, I was like, OK, well, I know a new Avengers is coming and I'd stopped reading Avengers because, as I mentioned, the aforementioned Chuck Austin run, which I gave you just the tip of the iceberg of that. I saw some of the facial expressions you made during what I said to say it all. When I heard that Avengers Dissemble is coming out, I was like, OK, well. This is Bendis' wrap-up. Let's see what he does. Now, on a scale of global events within the Avengers universe, how bad do you think this was for them? Like, reading it, did you think, yeah, you know what? This was the darkest day in Avengers history. Or did you go, I'm pretty sure they've had worse? I mean, it was messy. But they were still... They didn't really kill their darlings, did they? I mean, Scott Lang... Well, you gotta, Come on now. Hawkeye and Vision were big characters in Avengers. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're right. They didn't kill Captain America. They didn't kill Thor. They, they didn't, didn't kill, kill anybody. Yeah, they didn't kill anybody who had their own book at the time. Yeah, yeah. That is fair. But yeah, where's the way the turn of events happens? They wake up one day, Avengers Mansion, Clint's being a dick. Everybody's like, okay, Clint's a dick. Ha, ha, ha. And then suddenly, who shows up on the doorstep but Jack of Hearts? Now, you're listening to this right now going, wait a second, didn't you say Jack of Hearts sacrificed himself to save Ant-Man's daughter during Jeff John's run? I did. Good ear. You caught that. So what I should have said was Jack of Hearts' corpse shows up. Looking like on- a real smoke show, but not in a good way. <laughs> not in the good way at all, no. <laughs> definitely not Not in the way that you like him, no. Definitely. <laughs> He shows up and Ant-Man goes outside and it's like, wait a second, what what are you doing here? You died saving my daughter. And then he done blowed up, which mm. if you know anything about Jack of Hearts, he's... He do be doing that. Yes, he be blowing up. <laughs> he be blowing up. He liked that old SCTV sketch. He'll blow you up real good, you know? So that's what kicks things off because in the blast, Ant-Man dies. The new Captain Britain gets injured and the wasp gets injured and everything is like oh hell tony gets his water spiked i assume like mentally somehow yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. meanwhile tony yeah, like, Stark- oh what happens to tony oh he he's yes he's on a sobriety journey and i acknowledge the importance of that but like oh he looks like a fool and loses a job and he only has the job of being a super rich guy. And, and Cap's shoulder gets dislocated. Like, again, they didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cap pops it back in and walks yeah. out of the hospital. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Tony Stark is in front of the UN at this exact moment. Basically, at the time, they were trying to set up that Avengers were going to be their own governing body, not associated with any country and answering to the United Nations. And while Tony is up giving the speech to kind of like ratify this, he suddenly starts acting very drunk and kind of goes off on the Latverian representative and says some racist things towards Latverians. Like that's basically what it was. 
And of course, that's a disgrace. He's kicked out of there. Hank Pym is really pissed off at him. What a like, crazy world where like somebody loses their job in politics just for saying racist stuff. <laughs> yeah, because that's Oof. unfortunate. That's the thing. Now that's that what gets it, people yeah. elected. I was about to say, yeah, that's that's your your fiction for you right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Maybe back then it could have happened. These days, no. People build platforms on it. You're right. But the other thing I find kind of funny is that you know you're not doing well when Hank Pym has the moral high ground. That's tough. Oh, yeah. well, I guess that's the the Hank in this was sort of least objectionable. Hank, he was oh, yeah, very, yeah, no, totally, yeah. but he was acting self righteous at points, and it's sort of like, dude, yeah, it's like they gave him a whole personality transplant, as if somebody else knocking the stuffing out of his woman. It's like, well, I guess I'll just pivot in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Too soon, that's not okay. <laughs> it's not uh, okay domestic no. violence is never okay. No. Their relationship is super toxic, yeah. and it is super weird that they like get back together when she's like very vulnerable, literally like trapped in her tiny form. But also, is interesting is that in this exact same story, Clint, who's supposed to be her current boyfriend, practically has no scenes with her. Kind of just like doesn't give a shit that she's on death's door. Well, he was busy getting more arrows. Yes, you're right. He was getting more arrows, getting more arrows just in time for the uninjured Avengers to get back to the destroyed mansion to find well everybody they know standing on the front lawn going, uh, what's going down? What's happening? And Cap is like, hey, everybody, calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Except it's not. It's not. That's when Vision shows up says he's sorry and disintegrates into multiple Ultrons. <laughs> so now they're fighting a bunch of Ultrons and they're getting their butts kicked. They fight that off, but enough of the intensity has just gotten to She-Hulk, who's just not enjoying the day, and she kind of loses it and smashes up the vision and hulks out, which is something very uncommon at this time for Jen, because Jen, as you know, she's pretty good with the whole Hulk thing. She's like, you know what? This- a bunch of dudes telling her to calm down maybe didn't help. I'm no, just saying. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course not. Definitely. So she rips up vision, kind of goes on a bit of a rampage. So things are not great. And then the Cree shows up. <laughs> like, let's just keep adding insult to injury. The Cree shows up. So now the Avengers are fighting with the Cree. By the time they showed up, like, this felt like a real clip episode almost, <laughs> especially like. It, in the finale, they really do wrap it up like it's, you know, oh, we're, we're going to have some filler and just have the actors sit around a table and remember their favorite moments. Like, it was so that. Oh, you're but talking yeah, about Avengers the, finale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the Creed was just like, really? Really? It seemed so preposterous at that point that it was real hat on a hat stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was kind of the point is that they, that was the point where the characters were even saying, wait a second, what the... This is wacky. What the hell is this? Why is this all happening at the same time? But Hawkeye doesn't have much time to talk about that because he then tries to go for his arrow, his his exploder arrow, pulls out the rod of it, but the actual bomb is stuck inside his, his quiver. And so he decides... It's kind of weird that he didn't decide, maybe I should take this pack off and throw it or something. He instead goes, not like this, grabs the Kree guy he was fighting with, 
turns on his jetpack, and the two of them fly into the Kree ship. And just before he blows up, he says like this, kind of saying, I don't want to go out blowing up on the ground like a victim. I want to at least be part of the battle and blow up the Kree ship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Like part of it is like, it's kind of heroic, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, if you took a moment to think, you'd be okay, which essentially is kind of Hawkeye. And that's why we love him, you know? So (laughs) the second stringers are dropping left and right here. And they're like, something's got to be the cause of this. And that's when Dr. Strange kind of shows up and goes, hey, guys. Where's your magic friend? Yeah. What's happening with her? Like, let's use our critical thinking. Let's revisit that conversation that you had with Tony earlier where he said, this seems weird. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of accusing him of being a horrible uh, lying drunk, and I see your daddy issues, Clint, but this moment's not about you. Everything's crumbling around us. Let's ask who was there. Because while everything else seems like these are big and small attacks, this one would require perhaps proximity to somebody who could have perhaps spiked his water or done some magic to make him feel drunk, even without him drinking anything, whatever. Let's unpack this. Let's revisit this. Let's figure out. Here's the thing, listeners. I understand that some people are always going to be more DC than Marvel. And this little run, while visually glorious, we're going to not just going to blow it all up. We're going to like make everything grotesquely beautiful. Like <laughs> the way vision is just literally shredded and, and the, the Voltron babies emerged like a bunch of Benoit balls being spat out yeah, <laughs> his, yeah. His, his steaming carcass. Anyway, this is one of those moments where it's like for all of Bruce Wayne's problems, like Batman would have figured this out in seconds. He would have been like inviting glass onion guy Benoit Blanc like they would have he would have figured this out you wouldn't need Dr. Strange to come in and be like okay process of elimination guys what does this feel like yeah (laughs) so he you know has the big reveal to them that like hey it's your your old friend the Scarlet Witch and why is this happening because bitches be cray well that's the thing that's not even targeting them it is a side effect from her magical powers and her harbored resentment. So she doesn't even know she's attacking the Avengers at this moment, but because the Avengers made her forget that she conjured up her own children, she's like, Oh, I don't, I'm kind of angry. And she decides to recreate her children once again. And her subconscious decides to attack the Avengers and destroy them. It's interesting with, Scarlet Witch's powers because over the years like originally it was her mutant power was changing probability and then as the Avengers stories went on like we covered the story about Cthon on here that she got more and more into the the mystic arts which tapped into her power and the two kind of like worked hand in hand to make her extremely powerful. And at the moments when she's emotionally vulnerable, because, hey, it happens. <laughs> it happens, just so happens that when you have a bunch of powers, that might cause problems for others. Yeah, they go off big and bad. And so that's what happened. The big secret that's been destroying them is Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch at this time has found out. And how did she find out? Well, as we mentioned earlier, 
with Chuck Austin. His one lingering plot line was that Hawkeye hooked up with Wasp and then was a jerk. So after Hawkeye hooked up with Wasp, Wasp ended up drinking a lot of margaritas by the pool. And next thing you know, she kind of blurts out saying, I can't believe you ever wanted to have kids to Scarlet Witch. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, forget I said that. Forget I said that. And Scarlet Witch, she's a smart woman. She puts two and two together. Who could make me forget about my kids? Agatha Harkness, my oh, trusted long. friend. Yeah. <laughs> it might not have been the worst day in Avengers history. It was probably the worst day in Agatha Harkness history. Because she did not have a good time once Wanda found out. No. Like, She's just sitting there in her lockdown office, as she do. She was ahead of the game, like just, you know, sitting around with her, her updo and her brooch and just Agatha. And <laughs> here comes Wanda. Agatha. <laughs> that's, that is a, that's a great verb right there. <laughs> looming and being menacing in a corner kind of like a cat when you go to somebody's house and they're like oh they're super friendly they just need to like warm up to you meanwhile there's this demon seething and hissing in a corner <laughs> waiting to like swipe at your ankles or just rub up against you all night because you're definitely allergic whatever cats there you go but, there you go Agatha, but, very much like that yes yeah yeah Agatha's just sitting there doing her thing and it goes well, it's like i get it but the whole let's burn the Avengers down, there's a bunch of ways you could do it, including just the fact that their relationships are very tenuous. Despite them being a team, they don't work that well together. Again, maybe that is why I like find it easier to even forgive the X-Men when they're messy like this, but they have this sort of unifying bond mm. of their mutant thing. All of these people have their different motivations, how they came to it, backstories. Like, yeah, it's just making the reason be that bishes are cray. <laughs> and that's that's what ultimately destroyed the Avengers woman, right? And their feelings. It's really going back straight, like the old Freud hysteria playbook. Like, this is what's happening right now. It's kind of funny that they decided to go down this route because, of course, this kind of stems all from John Burns' controversial West Coast Avengers run where he had wanted to go crazy the first time and you know make all those deals with demons and all that sort of stuff to try to keep her kids around and create wackiness ensued as they say she's so just chaos yeah so it's calling back to that and it kind of undoes what Busiek and Perez did on their run you know they were on the book for almost six years well Perez was on it for about I'd say four of those years but they established that Scarlet Witch was one of the strongest Avengers, that she had um, a super strength in chaos magic, which was kind of like her mutant power plus magic equals chaos magic. And she was like somebody that kind of really tapped into herself had kind of like dealt with her own demons, had a budding relationship with Wonder Man, and really was like one of the main stars of the book. And was George Perez's favorite character to draw. So she was like in almost every issue. What would you say? I'd say serving looks, I guess, would be the. Mm -hmm. be serving the, looks. They, well, here's the thing. They did her no favors, but she was serving in this. Yeah. yeah she well, looked, she's the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so this book, you know, 
the whole building up of the chaos magic during Busiek and Perez's run is done away with in a sentence. Doctor Strange goes, I've never heard of this chaos magic. So I'm basically saying, she was feeding you a line of bull. And it's like, oh, okay. So you're, you're kind of taking away her position as one of the more secure, strong Avengers and going back to the trope from West Coast. Gaslighting her. Yeah, which happened all the way back in the 80s. So you're you're jumping back 15, 20 years for this uh, story beat. It's like, okay. The whole story, it's not Avengers disassemble. It's let's gaslight Wanda until she pops. (laughs) And then we'll be the victims. (laughs) Now, at the very end of it, there is no major real showdown with Wanda. Doctor Strange kind of stops her when she tries to defend herself and get out of there. And then dear old dad shows up. Magneto. What an entrance though. Can we talk about <laughs> that entrance? Yeah. Like there were multiple panels in the issue before the finale where I was just, these could have been my panel of the year for that year. The, the one where we see all the different Wanda's, but also that Magneto entrance. It's just, it's top tier. It's so good. Yeah. He's terrible, but you're always rooting for him because <laughs> look at him. He's descending slowly. He doesn't need to descend that slowly. We know he's got the power. I get that it's a still image, but you feel the movement of him slowly descending, just like his cape and cetera, just, just fluttering just enough. He's getting just enough air to give himself some volume. Since the body is tight, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like, yeah, sure, take her, whatever. I feel like they shouldn't have let him just take her, but I feel like they were just so wowed by his entrance. Like, yeah, whatever this guy says. Well, especially since a year before in Grant Morrison's X-Men run, Magneto had taken over New York completely and lost in the end and possibly died. But then another writer went... Oh, no, that wasn't him. That character Zorn that he was pretending to be, that was really Zorn, and that wasn't Magneto. So even that being still of like saying, oh, that that person wasn't Magneto, you show up looking like that, and you're the Avengers in the middle of New York. I think your first reaction is going to be, wait a second, you were wearing that same outfit last year when you took over New York. Maybe we shouldn't hand this person over to you, you know? Yeah, but also, why wouldn't you? (laughs) I know you would. I know you'd be I like, would. here, yeah. here's Scarlet Witch and I'm coming as well. Yeah. Take that where you go, wherever you want to go with that. Yeah. There. There you go. I see what you did there. Yeah. It was, uh, whoo, he looked great. He looked great. <laughs> I, I'm just so happy for him. Oh, man. So, of course, that's how the story of Avengers Disassembled wraps up. But just before they released New Avengers, they did a special one-shot called Avengers Finale, which Petula referenced earlier, where it was basically Tony Stark telling the team that, yeah, so after I lost my position with the government because they all thought I was drunk at the UN, I lost all the funding for the Avengers. So Stock prices are extremely volatile. Y'all ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so then he decided, and also he decided, you know what, I'm not even going to like level this i'm just going to leave the destroyed mansion as it is and we're going to put up a plaque so people can walk by and go hey there's that's that's the old destroyed avengers mansion 
Yeah, and damage control, budget slash there as well. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. have no salvage and repair. There's nothing. Yeah. You need to call one of those home improvement people to like move a bus or something if you want to fix this place <laughs> up because it not me. So the rest of the Avengers go, huh? Well, it looks like the Avengers are done. Hey, right, because none of us can get a job. None of us have rich friends. <laughs> yeah, none yeah. of us have invented stuff. Hank, you got any spare change? Yeah, they could any, freaking, any money yeah. that you've made off things you've invented aside from like evil robots. Like, can we? They could have called cool. up Danny Rand because he. Can we it's pull not like our they don't know together? another millionaire? Yeah, it's like yeah. There's yeah. tons of millionaires here, so like, come on. y'all don't know how to fundraise. A GoFundMe, something. Yeah, exactly. So I don't yeah. think GoFundMe was around then, but I get the. Point. You know what? You got what you deserved, <laughs> Avengers. And this again just shows it's not about Wanda. It's about y'all. You just don't work well in teams. You don't collaborate well. You don't. You're just waiting for some man to come and pay for everything. But then before they go, they stand around and do their own version of a clip show and talk about their favorite moments, which Mm. leads to some really great pinup art from a bunch of different artists. But it was funny because, of course, it was captioned by all the different Avengers saying, what's your favorite moment of our time together? And oddly enough, Wonder Man talked about Vision and the Scarlet Witch's wedding. And it's like, the art was beautiful in that, though. The, the art, art was, was beautiful, gorgeous. but they should have made it somebody what a, else. What a, what a wild take. Yeah, to have, <laughs> but to have Wonder Man be like, it was so yeah. beautiful how they got married. It's like, dude, after they broke up, you were with Scarlet Witch. So why would you be like, oh, but their wedding was lovely. <laughs> well, maybe he was like at the wedding thinking, man, she looks good. <laughs> as soon as the rest starts to hit those joints on that robot, I'm in there. <laughs> there yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, but yeah, a lot of great pinups. And it was the end of an era leading into New Avengers. So I don't think I need to ask you because you kind of put it out there. I'm gathering from you that it wasn't the best send off for you. I'm never here for Wanda Slander. And I just think that's been consistently part of my brand forever. This team on their own could have been broken up. You don't even need, you know, like a movie level Zemo to cause shenanigans they're just very dysfunctional so you didn't need to do all that like all you needed was one person with the right connections to cause a bit of a fuss definitely oh we forgot to mention white nick fury worst boss ever like really trying it just being that boss that comes in after everything's like gone memories up and being very oh listen to me i'm running this like you're not running anything this is a whole mess you're coming in the middle of a disaster trying to stop people from figuring stuff out or existing like i I would say that what i did love was the visuals if anything whenever you have that many heroes in panels and they give every single body their due to your point hawkeyes going out in kind of the most illogical way it was gorgeous like Mm -hmm. the, the not like this not like this like this like that sort of triptych of panels as well because of his purple and everything else that really popped, as I mentioned previously, the Magneto entrance, even like tiny Janet with, you know, distressed Hank sort of at her bedside, the way they sort of lit up her tiny little body in the hospital, it, w- it would have looked preposterous, but the way they handled the kind of proportions in him, like stressing out of her, like a lot of gorgeous visual moments that almost made you forget how dumb everyone was being. Well, yeah, because like think about the logic of that at the moment. Hank Pym is crying over Wasp shrunken body because she can't she's not conscious to put herself back up to full size and he's like the doctors are having a hard time 
getting it. I'm like, yeah, because we have to break out a game yeah. of operation to try to treat you. Yeah, exactly. But Hank, <laughs> Hank, you have pin particles. You could shrink the doctors and their equipment to work on the wasp. Why aren't you doing Again, this? How dumb everyone was being. Yeah. And I know there's probably somebody out there who's going to say, oh, well, if you know, at the time he had run out of pin particles. I don't buy that. I don't buy yeah. that. He's always got pin particles somewhere because they always pop up in a story. He's like, well, I had to use these pin particles for somebody else. It's like, you got them around. You got them around. So yeah, little moments like that. The logic wasn't great. I do want to go back to white Nick Fury though, for a second, talking about being gaslit. They're like this Cree empire is basically blowing up Avengers mansions yard. And Nick is yelling into the thing. You got to get it. We need, we need backup and everything. And the guy up in the helicarrier is like, yeah, we don't see anything on the radar. There's nothing there. I don't know what you're talking about. For a good two pages, he keeps telling me, he goes, because listen, there's nothing there, Colonel. There's nothing. And then finally he goes, look out the damn window. And you see like the little capture box there. He goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's someone's nephew for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the time when it first came out and I read it, I was like, oh my God, the Avengers are being destroyed. It's kind of the same kind of feelings I had with Avengers Under Siege from the eighties where it's like, Oh my God, the Avengers are being destroyed. But then when you look back at it and you go, Oh, but if they just did this, this, and this, everything would have been fine. They weren't working at a deficit here, guys. Their building yeah. just blew up. They were all still intact with the exception of a few people, RIP Scott at the time, but Hey, he got better. He came back. RIP yeah. Jack. And even Hearts, though like, you know, but he just came toss back. It, yeah. Tossing it in just because you don't get your funding anymore from the guy that you all weren't that nice to. Yeah, and there's also like, a possibility, yeah, you don't have to live at Avengers Mansion. You can still be the Avengers and maybe have like a more low-key headquarters, which the new Avengers eventually proved in the comics when they were on the run. They still had good headquarters. They were just, you know, hidden. They could go all live at Doctor Strange's place like they did at one point. So, you know, it's like there were options. They had options if they wanted to continue. Just because Tony Stark says the Avengers are dead doesn't mean the Avengers have to be dead. They were all compliant just because he said, I can't fund you anymore. Exactly. There's a different term. It's not quite quiet quitting, but they just kind of gave up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But of course, they gave up to make way for the new Avengers and the young Avengers, which we've covered the young Avengers before on the show. And, you know, we, we had fun with that. And at some point we will cover the new Avengers because their first mission together it's a banger. It's a lot of fun. So we're going to be talking about that in who knows, maybe the new near future, maybe the distant future, but at some point, but for now, Look at you optimistic that we have a future. I love that for you. I'm living life one quarter mile at a time. Listen, baby. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if the planet freezes or the world gets taken over by cockroaches or plague and death, take out most of the population, I will still be recording back at your bloodbath and I hope that you'll be here with me. <laughs> hey, if there's some sort of like mushroom zombie plague, guess what? I have no fruits or vegetables in my fridge and I barely leave the house. So yeah, you and I will be right here. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So distant future is a lock. Anyways, <laughs> but for now, we'll leave you with uh, Avengers disassembled. Give it a read just because just to say you read it, just to know what happens. It's a, if you're a fan of Avengers, it's a nice piece of history just to know it. If you're, if you're a fan of what's happening 
in the um, Marvel Universe on the big screen. There's elements from these, this story that they've taken. Big and, and small screen, actually. Yeah. There's yeah, big and small. From yeah. TV shows, from the movies. It's it's one of those books that actually makes you also, I think, almost appreciate what they've done in the movies and TV a bit more because when they, because of IP reasons, pare down the team a lot mm. for some of these big events. They also tend to give them better reasons for stuff having gone wrong. It's like, it's almost that they're, I don't want to say lazy in the comic books, but it's like when you can play with all the toys at once, like you don't have to. Actually, there was an issue of Busiek and Perez's Avengers that kind of explained that. They had like 30 Avengers guys and they're all getting each other's way. And the team went like Cap and Iron Man went, it can only be seven of us. Otherwise, we're not productive. And it's like, there's, there you go. The movies figured that out too. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's so just like Horcruxes. Like, it's a magical number for a reason. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, give Avengers Disassemble to read. It's available through the Marvel app. And uh, I believe there's uh, multiple uh, iterations in printed form as well. So check it out. But for now, that's... Oh, you got something to say? I was going to say, if you're looking at, for it through the app, the app does this weird thing where after you read 500... You can't get, like, it doesn't give you 501 as the next one. It gives you, like, a reading list one from other stuff that's going on at the same time. So you have to go through the web view to get the these three plus the the finale to get. It's so weird. Right, because they treated yeah. Avengers Disassembled as an event, and all the other Avengers-adjacent books had their own disassembled story with, when you read them, weren't really a disassembled story. So, yeah. fun times. But yeah. yeah, so WebView for this one, uh, I, I've said a lot of bad things about the app over the years. They've improved a ton on search, but this is one of those weird things that kind of slipped through the cracks. There you go. So definitely take heed on that info. But we've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you? Anantif.com on Twitter and Hive at Obesacantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. And of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me at geekard on Twitter. Follow this very show at Back Issue Bloodbath on Facebook, where we post a new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating or review. And once you're done that, you know, maybe go on to your social medias and say, hey, I just listened to Back Issue Bloodbath, and they're pretty rad. Or maybe, like, tap a friend on the shoulder, a coworker, or next door neighbor or person who you just go into their house every now and then and uh, say, Hey, check out that back of your bloodbath. And they'll thank you for it. Even if they don't want you in their house, they'll thank you for it. This has been back of your bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been the Have yourself a good. <laughs> <laughs>